episode 809 with Jamal Williams attending the NFL rookie premiere this week. It's a good opportunity to discuss the rookie running backs of the Green Bay Packers. We'll do so with Scott McKenna, the Talk and Smack blog. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caribou, and today we're talking about Packers rookie running backs. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Scott McKenna of the Talking Smack blog, joining us for his monthly engagement. Scott, how you doing today? I'm great, Brian. How are you doing? Very good. Glad you could join us. As always, Sky usually joins us the second Friday of every month. This week, it's the third. The NFL draft threw us totally off. Anyway, we're glad to have Scott on the show. And Scott, to kick things off here. After learning this week that Vince Beagle, the fourth-round draft choice of the Green Bay Packers, re-injured his foot at rookie minicamp, necessitated surgery, what is your level of concern with a player like him, uh, knowing uh, he also injured his hand? Is is he injury-prone? Where are you at with Vince Beagle right now? Uh, you know, frankly, I have heavy concerns because the Green Bay Packers need Vince Beagle to be a high-end performer this year. You know, you look at the the competition that he brings at outside linebacker and the versatility that he brings to the outside linebacker unit, the, the Packers need him, and they need him to be a performer week one. It's uh, not one of those uh, those pieces where you can have a guy like Beagle that you're easing into the system. We We need him due to the lack of proven depth at the outside linebacker position, to truly step in and make his impact, uh, you know, from the start. And I understand that there's a strong possibility that, you know, he's going to end up missing some some, uh, training camp time if they don't want to rush him through it. So with that said, you know, I I think there's got to be, you know, McCarthy says it's a, a, the, the timing couldn't have been better. It was a blessing in disguise, right? That is true. That is true. But, all the reps that he can get, and it's, there's much has been made through the years about Don, Dom Capers' you know, defense being tough, tough to grasp. You know, all the reps that he can get right now I think are really vital to him being able to be uh, the electric performer in green and gold that he was on, uh, uh, for the Badgers on Saturdays. I do agree. I, it is a concern, but in hindsight, you know, when, when it's September, this could just be a blip on the radar screen if everything goes according to plan, if he heals and doesn't miss much of training camp, plays all the preseason, it, this could be an afterthought by then. So we just kind of have to, you know, wait and see until then. So I just wanted to start off with that here, that one question I think that's kind of on the forefront of Packers' minds here. But the theme of the rest of today's episode is going to be rookie running backs, kind of spurred by Jamal Williams taking part in the NFLPA rookie premiere this weekend. Uh, so, Scott, uh, as this uh, rookie premiere, this is mainly a marketing event. Players invited, most of them skill position players and fantasy football types. They're seen as the future stars of the NFL and many of them the face of the franchise. Do you think Jamal Williams fits that profile? 
I think out of the backs that the Packers have added this um, this offseason, and, and there really is great – there has to be great excitement around the competition that is now at running back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, especially compared to what we've seen. Boy, in recent history there, there just hasn't been much. I think Williams was the exact type of addition that the Packers needed to get post-losing Eddie Lacy. I think he's got the body and the toughness to be a guy that can consistently carry the ball 20, 20 times a game. He's got uh, – he's you know, you watch his film, and the guy clearly can play through pain. He uh, He's really just a brutal runner. And uh, I love how tough he runs, and I love the vision he plays with. I mean, I think his vision and really just an underrated component that uh, I think that the amateur eye like myself really might – might not pay attention enough to is the decision making of a running back and it seems like when he sees the hole and he hits the hole and he bursts through that that hole with great explosion uh, he's doing that with a vengeance and he's doing that with confidence and the choice that he makes as a as a runner seems to be the right one more often than not and and with those those talents that uh, that he brings you know I just I feel it all translates to the NFL and the interesting thing about him, Brian, from my eye, he, he's not overly shifty, and it's he, and with really the exception of his vision and his decision making as a runner, not not one thing really stands out at you as though he does this thing exceptionally well. But with that said, he's capable of really tackling every single task that it requires to be successful in the NFL, and and because of that, I I really am. I mean, I'm fired up that he's a Packer. And the more you learn about him, the more you like him. And the more you watch him, the more you appreciate his game. And you see him fitting into the, the you know, that shotgun formation when the Packers have three and maybe even four wide, four wide if you're considering a tight end stretched out wide as a, as a four wide formation. And him being able to hit the hole and select the right choice and get himself to the second level. And, you know, while he doesn't have home run speed, he sure seemed to hit a home run each and every game of, of, of a play at 20 plus yards or more. And, you know, through it all, I can't wait to watch him run in green and gold. I'm really excited too. It's, it's amazing because as when you compare like his combine measurables to other running backs, they don't really stick out, but I'm thinking running back might be one position where that kind of thing really it's it's not all that big a deal because I turn on the film and, and I watch him at BYU when I watched him. I just am what was in amazement, really. Uh, I think he's a really good player and think even if uh, he wasn't the greatest runner, jumper, leaper, you know, all those kind of things, he still can do a lot. And, and for all the players we're going to talk about, I tried to find a little tidbit on them that maybe people didn't know. And here you go. Here's this on Jamal Williams, if you never knew this before. He also ran track at BYU, and his mother was a sprinter at UCLA, so another big-time college program. There you go. He's got the uh, uh, the pedigree there. Um, but if we move on here, Scott, Aaron Jones, the next uh, running back for the Green Bay Packers, the fifth-round draft choice, we know he's a little on the smaller side. We know he's a good receiver out of the backfield. But I guess my question to you is, is Aaron Jones always destined to be a complimentary piece and never a featured back? You know, it was uh, that was the biggest question that I had when you see him at 
listed at under 510 and you know you hear him you know being described as maybe the receiving back out of the backfield that could be a scat back and when I watch him I don't see that as being his game I see him being a real powerful back for being less than 510 and a guy that you know, ultimately really lives on yards after contact to get himself to the second level and into the open field. He, you know, there's no question about it. He has those soft, soft hands that you talk, uh, talked about. And, you know, with that, you know, he truly does have, um, you know, the possibility, I believe, to not just be a situational back, but to also be a three-down back. And, you know, the other thing that really caught my eye about him, Brian, that has me excited to see him run is he sheds tacklers in just a wide variety of ways. You know, it was it was interesting to see him run through the arm tackles. It was interesting to see him stiff arm people to the ground. And, yeah, he was quick enough to uh, to get to the corner as well, which you'd expect if you're going to be a 5'9 back. But he didn't play like that typical third down back. He's, uh, uh, you know, I kind of thought that he might have, you know, you, you, you see a guy 5'9, 200 pounds, is he going to be a little like Sproles or, you know, I, I don't see it. Is, or is he going to be a, a little more like Brandon Jackson? No, he's not that way either. He's uh, he's he's really a unique back, and I tr- was trying to think of a guy that I could compare him to, and it, it was tough. He's because uh, he 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 is he's small in height, but he plays like a like a, a, a much bigger guy than what is than is what is his heart his his height portrays. And you know, I think a lot of that comes from just a a, a heartful runner, is what you see in him. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he brings to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I do think he can be a three-down back if necessary. I, I think, obviously, you want Jamal Williams to be that guy. He's he's better built for it, but say Jamal Williams gets gets injured for a game or two, I think Aaron Jones can be that guy that steps in, plays all three downs, can play multiple possessions, and be that type of back. And, and here's the stat I have on Aaron Jones. Uh, 7.7 yards per carry that led all backs in college football last season in the FBS division with more than 150 carries. So late leading all backs. So pretty impressive. Um, moving on, uh, Devonte Mays, the seventh round draft choice of the green Bay Packers here, Scott, the thing that stood out for Mays was that at 230 pounds, we know he's a big guy. He still had a 40-yard dash that of 4.4 seconds. He had a vertical jump over 40 inches. Impressive for a big guy. Does this indicate he can be more than just a short yardage back? There's no question that that Mays carries his 230 pounds very, very well. You know, it's uh, he. What's funny is you. You know, again, you kind of. Um, you see what they, their height is and what their weight is. And before you watch any film on them, or if you hadn't done so before, you kind of have this idea as to what they're going to look like running the football. He's just, uh, he, he, he comes across completely differently than what I thought he would. You know, I, I thought that he, when you watch him play, I think he plays with a little bit of a wiggle. And it's, it's interesting how he has those short spurts of, you know, of acceleration and athleticism. The, you know, when he's hitting the, it's like he's hitting the turbo button on, an, on a joystick, right? That he gets himself, <laughs> he gets himself three to five yards down the field so quickly. And, you know, that, that piece of it was a, a really interesting surprise for my eye. Uh, another thing that really caught my eye as well is his hands. You know, he, he too has good hands and, uh, you know, he could juke you when he got himself into the open field. And these are all things that were, 
you know, a, a surprise to me. I kind of thought that he would be this big bruising guy. Um, and, and he is, he can run through you, but he can also run around you and he can run by you. Um, you know, any, any, any athleticism I said earlier, it's just, he's got that, uh, that, uh, that, that little gift of being able to find his way around the corner that you just can't teach. And, you know, that was one of those pieces of the puzzle that had me, uh, excited about him. Yeah. Of course, the, the key to the, the key here with uh, Devonte Mays is can he stay healthy? Obviously, we didn't mention it, but if you know anything about him, he missed a majority of his senior season with a lower body injury, and and has to prove he can stay healthy in the NFL. But if he can, I think there's some high upside there. Here's my little tidbit on Devonte Mays. According to Pro Football Focus, he averaged 5.2 yards after contact in 2016. That's a pretty good average overall, let alone after contact, 5.2 yards. So pretty impressive. All right, Scott, the next guy, Khalif Phillips. The Packers got the all-time leading rusher in Charlotte history with over 4,000 yards and the all-time leader in touchdowns with 43. They signed him as an undrafted free agent. Uh, But does he have any chance to unseat the three draft picks ahead of him uh, who you presume to be ahead of them because they invested more into them. You know, actually of the five guys that are rookies that are bringing him and I, I have him as my fifth guy. Um, I would absolutely say that he does have a chance to unseat one of the guys that you would, you know, say are, are higher than him in the pecking order at this stage. Uh, you know, and I think that the interesting piece of the whole running back situation to divert here for a quick second is, you know, I think that there's a little too much being made about the Packers running game being in a, in a poor state right now. I think that with Ripkowski and Ty Montgomery, there's enough there to win with. And now we just need one of these five guys to really be a truly complimentary player. We don't need the guy that's going to necessarily be a 20 game runner or a 20 game, a, 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 a 20 carry a game runner on a, on a, on a weekly basis as long as Aaron. Rodgers is healthy. Having that as an option is a nice thing, as I mentioned with Williams. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that it's as, as, you know, urgent for these guys to make as much of an impact day one as I did with Beagle. I think that there'll be really nice rotational options for us to start the season. And with that said, you know, about Phillips, what interests me about him is for my eye, he, he too plays a lot different, <laughs> differently than you think he would. He he looks like the type of guy that you'd want to find himself in the open field. And he, he's got that sort of quickness, too, if you will. But, you know, I, I see that him as having a different type of game. He takes sort of choppy, quick-footed steps, almost a little bit like an Edgar Bennett did. And then he surges through the hole. He's a real patient runner, too, which, uh, which you know, kind of surprised me when you see his, his figure and his stature lined up next to the quarterback in a, in a shotgun formation. And the thing that was that was unique about him – is you you look at you look at his physique, and when he gets to the level, to the second level, Brian, he, for for me, when I'm watching that guy, I think he's going to come with a little shake, and he doesn't. He he's the guy that that, that brings a thick necked, broad shouldered <laughs> like bull of a bull of a. He becomes a, a bull of a runner, if you will, and uh, and and tries to seek contact a bit, and that that piece of it really it surprised me, and and. You know, I, I, I'm curious to see if that 
sort of thing can translate to the NFL for a guy his size, but he, he really is a stout ball of muscle and uh, the type of guy that you, you know, you'd think will be very easy to cheer for when he comes to town. Yeah, I'd agree with you in that I'd probably put him five of the five out of the five rookie running backs the Packers have, but by no means I or I don't think any of us are, are counting him out. And you certainly just give a guy like this the chance to prove what he can in the offseason and training camp. And by all means, uh, if he can just beat out one guy or two and move up in the pecking order one spot or two, it could be the difference between winning a roster spot or, or a spot on the practice squad. So uh, there's a chance there for him. And and here's my little tidbit on Khalif Phillips. He, in addition to the career rushing records I mentioned before, he also owns the Charlotte single season rushing records for rushing yards, 1,436 touchdowns with 20 and rushing average averaging 131 yards a game all during the 2014 season so there you go with Khalif Phillips and then the other thing the other thing about Phillips if I can just jump in here for one second you know when you kind you kind of chew on the Packers running game and it's just uh, one of the things the Packers will really miss about about Lacey is late and you know Lacey and Eddie or or, uh, Amon Green before him um, uh, uh, Ryan Grant as well before uh, or after Amon and, and, you know, Bennett and Levins were great at it. They were as good in December and maybe even better in December than as they were in in September. And they were, they were true mutters, which you need to be able to do in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And when I watched these backs, the one guy that really stood out to me as potentially being the best mutter, even though I, I, I firmly have him fifth in, in my ranking right now, would be Phillips, and uh, I just think his style would sort of translate as well in, in the, the, the harsher weather, uh, even though he played in Charlotte and maybe didn't have the exposure to it. Um, I, I just see that as his style, his choppy running style, is maybe translating as the, the mud grows on the grass, if you will. <laughs> well, that was certainly the calling card for Edgar Bennett, so we'll see if it is for Khalif Phillips, who Bennett will be one of his coaches. Um, um, all right, uh Final rookie the Packers added, William Stanback. He made the team after being a tryout player. But, Scott, why do you think the Packers signed him? Because, after all, they drafted three running backs. They signed one more as an undrafted free agent. So, why Stanback? You know, I think Stanback might even be the most talented of all the backs. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see the Packers give a guy like him a shot. You know, here's, here's a kid that was poised for stardom at Central Florida, got in trouble with the herb on, a, on, on, on more than one occasion, gets kicked off the team. And it makes me happy to see that the Packers would give him a shot. It makes, I believe in second chances in life. And I'm happy to see that the people of Titletown USA do as well, because, you know, I, I really think that he has all the tools, um, just a true physical performer, runs through people, he, too, is patient. He, too, plays with vision. He can catch the ball. Seems to do it all. And, uh, you know, really looked like he was going to have a great career and be, be handed the keys to the, to the running kingdom and and, uh, and, and an offense that really does feature the running back at Central Florida. And then the next thing you know, he's, uh, he's off the team and loses a scholarship and has to start over. And uh, he might be one of those hidden gems that really makes a name for himself here. Um, you know, early in training camp. 
Yeah, and a guy, if you read interviews with him, he really kind of just knows he made a mistake that he he really threw away an opportunity at Central Florida, and he seems to have learned from it. Obviously, you don't know a guy till you actually meet him, but uh, he he sounds like uh, uh, you know he's matured quite a bit, and and that makes you want to cheer for him. And here's my little stat on on uh, William Stanback, his senior season then at Virginia Union, so he went to transfer down to a Division two school. Uh, he was one yard short of 1,300 yards on the season, so 200 or 1,299 to be exact, and he scored 18 touchdowns this past year. So there you go on William Stanback. Uh, maybe, Scott, before we let you go, can can we kind of put the position as a whole into perspective and, and how we think things will maybe work out when once we involve Ty Montgomery here in the halfback uh, position category and and what his role will be and and will he be a featured back is you know people still make a lot about his transition from wide receiver and whether he can do it and whether he could be uh you know a, a workhorse running back you know I I, uh, I I have a love affair with Mike McCarthy and I think that Mike McCarthy is just the genius of an offensive mind I really do I think he's a wizard and I think this offense is going to have a, a huge evolution, and it will look significantly different in December than it does week one. And I think early in the season, you're going to have Montgomery and Ripkowski as the guys that are on the field the most, and they're going to be touching the ball the most. And there's great familiarity with uh, with the offense. And we all know Rodgers is such a head guy, and he has to trust the back, or that back isn't going to see the field. And, you know, I think there's going to be a, um, a little bit of a, a learning curve for all of these guys. And you're going to slowly see whoever is the cream of the crop uh, that's rising to the top going to be, uh, you know, seeing a few snaps early in the year, week one, two, and three. And there may be a small rotation there. Uh, my hunch is that Williams will get the first crack. Uh, but, I, but I genuinely believe that heading into the beginning of this season, you're going to see a lot of, of Montgomery and you're going to see a lot of Ripkowski when the games become real. And uh, it's exciting that, uh, you know, we're not going to have to see a lot of those guys in the preseason because, you know, we have to weed out what we've got with those five other running backs. And, I, uh, um, I, you know, I, I do think that this, is Ty Mon- this offense is perfect for a guy like Ty, Ty Montgomery. And when Ty Montgomery is playing his A game, he brings a little bit of a, of a Le'Veon Bell type uh, type attitude to the offense, so um, in spirit to the offense as well. So you know, I I uh, I do think that this is uh, Montgomery's the guy that you can do the most with, and we know that M- McCarthy likes to keep defenses guessing. So uh, I I think that he's gonna he's gonna be the guy you see most frequently at the beginning of the year, and as the weather turns, that might change, and we may see one of these more traditional running backs start to get more carries. I can certainly see that happening. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Uh, greatly appreciate it. As always, take care and uh, uh, it, it, brave the weather out there in Denver, all right? Absolutely. We might get 18 inches of snow here, <laughs> middle of May. Wild. But uh, go Pack Go, Brian. <laughs> yeah, go Pack Go. See you, Scott. Yep, bye-bye.
Scott McKenna of the Talking Smack blog joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Uh, remarkable. He's he's in Denver. They're they're working on 18 inches of snow out on the East Coast. They got temperatures near 100 out there right now. I don't know how that happens. This the weather right now is crazy. Um, but glad to have Scott join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. And briefly here. I just wanted to make brief note of this thing as we've already had a long interview and not going to take too much more of your time. But one notable thing that news kind of breaking over the past few days, the Packers lost front office executive Tim Terry to the Kansas City Chiefs, who was hired away by former Packers executive chief John Dorsey, the Chiefs general manager. So Terry will become director of pro personnel after working in the pro personnel department for the Green Bay Packers. Congratulations to him for getting a promotion. Uh, You know, I think the Packers probably, you know, while I'm sure they they like Terry um, and didn't want to lose him, uh, they, they probably felt pretty good about the front office they have, seeing as Brian Gutekunst and uh, Elliot Wolf have both, you know, interviewed for general manager positions throughout the NFL. And they got Alonzo Highsmith, who many he's interviewed, I believe, maybe not for a general manager position, but for other positions on other teams. Um, so, you know, I think they feel very good about the, you know, front office they have working under Ted Thompson right now. And uh, so maybe didn't, you know, didn't lose too much sleep over, you know, losing Tim Terry. But congratulations to him for getting that promotion in Kansas City. And then finally here. The day ahead. In addition to the NFLPA rookie premiere taking place over the weekend, Jamal Williams, the only Packer taking part, he'll don his Green Bay Packers game jersey for the first time this weekend as he takes pictures for trading card companies and other marketing promotions and things like that. But in addition to that, this Saturday, new Packers offensive lineman Jari Evans is hosting his 10th annual free youth football and cheer camp in his native Philadelphia at Frankfort High School. So... Unfortunately, if you live in Philly and we're hoping to take your child or something like that, the registration as of now is closed. Uh, But good on Jari Evans for giving back to his community, something he's been doing for quite a while now. But Packers fans might just be catching on to it because, you know, obviously this is his first year with the Packers, whereas he's been with the New Orleans Saints for a long time before that and Packers fans probably weren't following what Jari Evans was doing in the offseason and things like that but yeah so he's taking out time from you know after the the week long of of you know the offseason program and practices have been taking place in Green Bay which he apparently had been taking part in uh, flying back to Philadelphia and giving back to the community and you know, giving back to kids and children in the community, all very good things. And just another reason why the Packers were probably, you know, excited to sign him and went about signing him, uh, knowing that, yeah, pretty good guy, it seems like at least. So good on Jari Evans. And there you go, folks. There's today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Thank you to Scott McKenna for being our guest on today's show. We'll be back again on Monday. Rail Bird Central airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show. 
podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called Best Feeling by Keller Williams and String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. (laughs) 